this is Tracy Harrell. Oh my God, I am so excited about today's show. So we have with us Dr. Marcia Arunga. Oh my God. Hi, Tracy. I'm good. How are you? I am <laughs> so blessed. I'm so blessed. And, and, and literally, what excites me about you is that we were talking yesterday about this theme that we're leading for this year. The entire year, we're going to be focusing on achieving your best, most successful and powerful year yet. And what I love about that is you've led a life. Like every day, you're very intentional (laughs) about living your best life. And so I'm excited to get right into it. So would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about you and why is this idea of being, you know, intentional in life? Why has that been so important to you? Okay, thank you, Tracy. I am Dr. Marsha Tatarunga, and I am currently the Dean of Evergreen State College, Tacoma Campus. So that by itself is just a, a, a wonderful environment uh, established by um, African-American woman, Dr. Maxine Mims, uh, still a leader in our community at age 94. So I really feel very proud to continue in that legacy. But I think also if we're talking about powerful lives and and living your fullest lives, we're talking about being ready for constant, steady transformation. And I think that we uh, need to be ready for that. You know what they say, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So I believe we just have to be ready. Um, and, and just excited, uh, born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I am a mother, uh, family matriarch. I am a educator an author and an artist. How's that? Uh, amazing. And <laughs> just begins to scrape the surface of just how amazing you are. So yes, thank you. Thank you for everything. We're going to talk about some of the topics you just mentioned. So you mentioned this idea of transformation. That's my other passion area uh-huh. for the year. As I mentioned, this idea of transformation is critical because as human beings, we were talking yesterday and you mentioned this, this concept that your school, that, that Evergreen State College is that's one of the themes for your college. Let's talk about that and why that's so important. That's right. We are theme-based driven. So all of our curriculum is based on a theme every year. So this year, our theme is transformational literacies. And in doing transformational literacies, we begin to look at all aspects of our lives, aspects of society, aspects on a global level, What are we uh, doing to transform? When are we ready? You see, I look at transformation as moments of getting ready. So for example, right now, Tracy, we're in the middle of fog. And in this time of fog for the next few days, we are called to go inward 
and figure out what kind of transformations we need to take that we need to take place there. Um, and at Evergreen, we are constantly looking at this. So because we're an interdisciplinary program, we're looking at it from an environmental perspective. A, um, we're looking at it from a sociological perspective. We're looking at it from, uh, from uh, the perspective of biology, of lifespan, um, and, and the like. So in the art world, so all of those are constantly transforming and um, so exciting to, uh, to be engaged in that right now. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. Now, you said something uh, that, that I love about, first of all, I love everything about you. This is the first of many conversations because we only have an hour today. So what we want people to get out of this today is, you know, you we people really do have the ability the capability to live the life of their dreams, to live their best, most successful, powerful year yet. Not ever, but yet, right? To exceed their own expectations. And so when we were talking about transformations, you talked about that individual transformations, but also mm -hmm. trans transforming our communities. And I, and I heard you just talk oh, about going inward, going mm -hmm. inward, that importance of actually really transforming, really checking in with yourself. You talked about checking in with our ancestors. A lot of people don't even understand what it means to like take a moment, get, you know, step off of the, 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 the track that you may have been on and just pause mm -hmm. to go yeah. a little bit about why that is so important to achieve your best life, to truly transform. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, I think uh, one thing that humbles me is how we are part of nature. And I think if we start, if we stay there for a moment, we begin to understand that we are only a part of this bigger system that exists in the world, the environment. And we're not here really to take over or control it. We are here to participate in it. So when I think about um, our role and, and our lives and how we can make the most out of our lives. And I talk about going inward. I'm really talking about thinking about how we, what is the best part of us we can bring out on a daily basis. And we are, you know, I'm a sociologist. So there's something called the looking glass self. And this is a old theory, Charles Cooley, and it goes back to the idea that we are who we are because of other people. And the way other people look at us, um, see us, perceive us, is how we shape our identity. And so we rely as human beings on other people. And you know, Tracy, when we're doing that and we're in environments where we are totally affirmed, we are living our best lives. Mm. And unfortunately, we live in a society where it's just not that simple. We have lots of distractions. We have lots of uh, negative energy that's constantly coming toward us. And so it's really important that we understand who we are internally. What are our gifts? What are our uh, talents that we have to give to other people? And how do we best connect those talents with with our communities and in a global sense. And when we start to do it that way, then we're able to really uh, live our fullest potential. 
I love you. I love you so much. The, the wisdom that oozes from you as this natural state. So you also, you spent time in, I mean, you're an educator. You're dean of every state, um, every, every state college, um, Tacoma. Yeah. Ever, Evergreen, thank you. Evergreen State College. Thank you. <laughs> Keep me straight. And it's Marcia, not Marcia. Thank you very much. Uh, yes. It's spelled M-A-R-C-I-A. Marcia Mar Arunga. Thank you. Um, Dr. Arunga, what I just heard you say was you talked about how we do rely on others. The importance of going within, connecting with yourself, but also understanding that connection with community. For someone who is totally new to this concept of living your true best life, because you and I were talking yesterday about people oftentimes follow the expectation of what success means in society, but not necessarily mm -hmm. finding that gift. I heard you just talk about the gifts that we all have. And I was telling you that I'm like literally living my best life right now because I'm doing all the things that I've done have led me to this moment and this opportunity to help people to be successful, to be their most powerful and to live their best life. So any, what would you mm -hmm. say to your, um, I'll just go back to 18 or 21 year old self. Like, what is that one lesson learned that you will go back? If I gave you 60 seconds to talk to 18 year old Marsha Arunga, what would you say to her? What would that be that lesson learned around living your best life? Any, anything mm -hmm. you would share? Well, it's so cliche of what we've heard all of our lives that if you really put your mind to it, you can virtually do anything. Um, or that you can do anything you put your mind to. And, you know, it's so cliche. People say it to you. You, I think at different ages, you can hear it. And, um, you know, when we look at the, the, the potential of, of human development and we understand that at 18, you may, you may hear it in a different kind of way. Right. Uh, and at 35, you're hearing it and you might be, really at the top of what it is you're trying to achieve. And you know that that is the fuel that drives you. Uh, at 50, you're thinking a little bit differently. You might be thinking about how you are going to um, make some legacy. So what, what do I put my mind to might be about um, when am I going to grow and leave in this world or in my career? Um, and then, of course, the elders are looking at, you know, at it in a totally different way, more in a maybe satisfactorily looking in the past and looking in the future in a, in a totally different uh, dynamic that we don't even understand. Um, when you know you are not necessarily going to be there, but you are thinking and wishing and praying for the best uh, for the future. So we have different roles at different times. And, you know, I should have warned you about that when you asked that question. <laughs> That's so great. Yes, yeah, yes, so, yes, uh, yes, so, I love yes, it. I believe that, that, yes, when we're trying to be our best selves, we put a different kind of energy each time. I also want to say that we operate in a cycle. You know, when I talk about us as uh, part of nature and part of the environment, it's all about cycles. Now, for us as human beings, I believe that when we engage with other human beings and we are living our full, fullest human potential um, in doing that, that there comes a time where you we're going full circle. You know, for African-Americans, 
which I have studied uh, in my human development uh, background after living in Africa and now taking women to Africa and starting to look at life cycles and the importance of those cycles and how when we are living at, at our best selves, when we are giving our best selves in our lives, we're not just going from cycle to cycle. We actually elevate um, at every cycle. And so it's more like a spiral. Uh, by the time we reach a maturity, there's more we have to offer. Um, and a very deep knowledge and wisdom, as you say, Tracy, that we have to offer. I think about that because uh, one of the grandfathers of human development, Eric Erickson, he used to talk about elderly life at 60 years old. Well, we know now that we live well beyond 60 years old. The lifespan can go uh, now well into the 90s and, and sometimes even reaching 100. And um, even the way that we are learning, we don't stop learning just because we have reached 60. We have the potential to reach at, to learn at all times. And that comes from the stimulus we get from other human beings. And so I think what's most important is what we're putting out, the energy we put out and the energy that we receive and that we understand there is an ancestral realm and uh, that there that's a, to a true existence that has created who we are today. Yes, I love that. I love it so much. I'm I'm um, I'm, I'm excited because literally you just mentioned that <clears throat> you know we we I love you. We can do anything. We have the power, and that means different things at different ages. And so the book that I'm one of the books that I'm writing right now is I call it the book that I wish I had when I was 16. Those lessons learned, those things that are less critical. That 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 I call them those. The, the the ageless wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. the, the things that we know from our ancestors, but also things that have been written down and passed around generation to generation, but also culture to culture. There are certain things about living your best life, finding your gift, tapping into those things that you love to do, the things that you do well, the contribution mm -hmm. that you can make and not feeling like you have to be stuck you know, to whatever pathway that, that someone else has given you, right? That that someone said, this is what success means. And to your point, I grew up relatively poor. So spending 25 years in corporate America for me was my definition of success, right? I could say I was successful Absolutely. in corporate America, right? But I don't, I haven't known success until I left corporate America, right? I mean, that's true success when you're able to do the things that you did. And it, it was amazing. I got no complaints. I'm grateful for everything I learned, but it's now that I'm able to take all of those learnings and all those experiences and really contribute and give back and leave a legacy for my, for my community. It's, it's, and I was doing little things along the way. I was definitely contributing to my community as part of Black M National Black MBA Association. And I was doing things, but right now there's a there's just a, a calm and a comfort and a peace when you could just settle into, like you said, what, you know, what was I meant to do? What, gift, yeah. what was I given and how can I most significantly contribute to others? That's really what we want, I, right? I really don't want to make light of, of, of a career like yours, one that goes straight into uh, corporate America. There are some things you've been able to master there that is really amazing. I, I don't, I think that we have many routes um, and, and it may come from class. You talk about growing up poor. I did not grow up poor, but I don't think that matters. Right. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. 
we have an opportunity to live our best life. And you have done that just like I have done that. We've just done it differently. Yes. When I was young, I uh, fell in love and met a man who lived in Kenya, East Africa. Very important to me as I grew up, that idea of Africa, being an African-American and what is that? Mm. Uh, That was the search or uh, the discovery, let me put it that way, that I was on. And as a scholar, I was able to lean into that by living there. I think being a sociologist really prepared me to live in in Africa, Uh, loving African-Americans, coming from a family where there were many different skin colors, Mm. uh, helped me to connect with people in Africa, um, in Kenya, where I lived. Um, And also being um, involved in, as you say, help as a helper. You know, I I grew up as a a, a community helper. church and the community centers, you know, children's free breakfast program. That's my history. You know, the uh, sickle cell anemia program. I got to poke the fingers of the children and determine sickle cell anemia. And these are the things that drove my career. So uh, when I went to uh, live in Kenya and, and build, you know, build my family, grow my family there, I was able to take in a lot of what I saw. And what Mm -hmm. I saw was a different value system of living, okay? It didn't exist here. There's two things I want to talk about that I saw. One was the value system of slowing down and being able to interact with human beings and really appreciate this relationship. So I will say Africans are relational people and it, it, it reminded me of who I am and who my people are. Because, you know, we are the people who stand on street corners and gather in groups. We are the people who love to have parties and lots of people and, and shout at the top of our lungs. We are people who are creative and, and can, uh, you know, can put two things together and create something brand new. That's who we are. The second thing I learned in my lifetime of uh, living in Kenya and being so adored uh, over a decade, I I lived there. Coming back to the United States is where I really understood what racism was. I knew about it as I was growing up. Um, Uh Oh, I think she froze for a second. Is that right, Nathan? Did I freeze or did she freeze? <laughs> she froze. Okay. Uh, the life of an African-American. They wanted, you know, Michael Jackson. Oh, tell us more about, you know, tell us about your food. Tell us about who you are. You know, we've seen, you know, your, your athletes, you, they adored us. And I think that does so much for the self-esteem. When I came back to the United States, it was such a stark contrast. Um, coming back in the 90s and watching um, the interaction between race, uh, particularly white and black, but but all races interacting with each other and seeing how people perceived African-Americans, the assumptions that they made and the 
kind of um, boxes that people operated in was totally foreign to me after living 10 years in uh, Kenya, in East Africa, where I had had this such amazing um, experience with my, you know, what I'll say, my self-esteem was so affirmed in the African concept. And, and I think, you know, it had to be with, it had to do with being a Negro. <laughs> That's what they recognize. They recognize the Negro in me and they, they knew there was a connection. Mm. Um, and so uh, that is really what I think is the essence of life that I, that I brought back that one, I can, I understand what it is to be fully affirmed as a human being to that I understand what what poison racism can bring to a society and how it shifts us off of our true uh, authentic selves. Mm, I, you know what I love about that? And you and I are going to be doing some great work. I, I can already see this. This is the beginning of some great, some great things because what I just heard you say is this, this understanding of what it means to be fully affirmed. There are people who have no idea what that means or that they have within them to affirm themselves. You don't have to wait for society or the people that you work with or anyone in your family to affirm you. It's that yeah. inner knowing that you are from divinity, that you are Absolutely. from greatness. Let's talk about that. Let's give, if you had to talk to a young person who's like, what is she talking about? <laughs> what would you say to a young person to affirm them, an old person, anybody, an individual mm -hmm. who's like, first I need to know and reaffirm myself. What would you yeah. say? I have some thoughts as a success coach, but I want to hear what you have culturally to, to, yeah, to, to empower people to live their yeah, best life. To be affirmed, to be affirmed is a is a precious thing. I almost think it's a birthright. And I really want parents to know that if we have no other responsibility, it is that one of affirming an infant from birth to at least age seven, mm. to give them the idea that all that they are is wonderful and perfect. Um, and I love families who do that. I've seen families who do that. And, um, you know, parents who just adore their children or uh, I've seen cultures where you can see families just love family. Um, I think there, there's an essence there. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the, so, so that's where affirmation comes from. And um, even if you're adopted, affirmation comes from those early caretakers, those early uh, um, messages about who you are as a human being. Now, as an African-American woman, there was a major discovery I made in the year 2000, the first time that I actually took women back to Kenya, East Africa. And since that time, I've taken over 75 women back to Kenya, East Africa, particularly from the Pacific Northwest, but different places. Um, on the first visit, I discovered a story and I wrote this book based on that story. It's called The Stolen Ones and How They Were Missed. Okay, oh. The Stolen Ones and That's How beautiful. They Were Missed. Yes, yes. Now this story came to me from an elder in Kenya 
And my friend who is so organized, she's a Capricorn. No, she's an Aquarius, even more organized. She had a photo album and we were meeting with the first delegation of women. They came from all over Kenya. And this particular woman was an elder. We called her an elder. She was older than all of us. And she had she was just um, traveling from a place called Taita, which is close to the Indian Ocean. And uh, when she arrived in Nairobi, she came to this home we were staying, a beautiful, beautiful home. I think might be on the Vimeo that I'm sharing with you, but we'll get to that in a moment. Would you, would you like for us to share the video? Let me just, tell the story he, and then we can share the Vimeo. He has it ready. Even though the, even though the story is part of this, but uh, and and so I won't tell the whole story. But this elder, um, my my friend, is showing the photo album. So she says, "This is an African American church. This is an African American school. This is an African American club. And this is an African." And the elder said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait a minute here. Now you keep calling yourselves African American. Now where from Africa do you come from?" <laughs> Now, we couldn't answer that question. Now, I had done the research, but we couldn't answer the question. And, you know, the DNA studies were just starting to come out at that mm -hmm. time. But what we said was that, you know, our Africans were taken from all over the continent, not just from Nigeria, Ghana, you know, like we are told, you know, oh, mm -hmm. you come from Nigeria and Ghana, that's where you left. No, we found out that Africans came from all over the continent, were dragged to the coastlines mm -hmm. and taken away. So, yes. you know, we're telling this elder this, and she gets this epiphany and she said, oh, you must be the stolen ones. Oh. And now ask, now ask her, about her 16-year-old self mm. who did not understand that story all of her life wow. until she met us. And we said, the stolen ones, what are you talking about? <laughs> and that's when she told us the story wow. about a girl who had gone missing in her village and just never came back home. Now, this might be a good time to show the Vimeo. Let's do it, Nathan. <laughs> I grew up in a loving family in the Pacific Northwest in the strong African-American community. After graduating from the University of Washington, I moved to Kenya, East Africa for over a decade with my Kenyan-born college sweetheart. I gave birth to four children and was immersed in a loving, family-centered community. This nurturing foundation provided strong identity and pride that fortified my family. After relocating to the U.S., people always asked me about the impact that Africa had on my life and that of my family. To answer that, I took seven African-American women to experience it firsthand. My Kenyan sisters and I planned an itinerary grounded in women's activism and a family-centered community that I had come to know. On our first visit, a luncheon was held in our honor and many Kenyan women came to meet us. I remember a conversation we held with an elder. 
she asked about where in Africa we came from. We were not sure because the details of our exit were unclear. Then she got an epiphany and declared, Oh, you must be the stolen ones. As a young child, she was told about people who had mysteriously gone missing. Search parties were sent, but they were never to be found. Ships had come and taken them away. Their loss was devastating. After she told the story, she said, You are the stolen ones returning home. Welcome home. We never anticipated being remembered and received like this. This fact reshapes the personal and collective identities of African Americans who hear this story and realize that their ancestors were missed. Since then, I have led nine delegations, 77 women, on cultural reconnections to our African homeland. We partner with our Kenyan sisters and their families in joint ventures and capacity building. I wrote a book, The Stolen Ones and How They Were Missed, for young children of African descent. I want them to know that their ancestors were missed. This builds a sense of belonging that will make their backs a little straighter and their self-esteem a little stronger. This is the story that connects my children to a proud heritage as productive, confident adults. I want every man, woman, child to understand not only were we missed, but we are welcome to reconnect with our homeland and the rich legacies of our ancestors. Wow. We were missed and are welcome to return home. Indeed. Indeed. I love this. Look at these. Dr. Joel Hardiman was part of this. Isaiah Townsend. Wow. So this is how they, the cultural reconnection. Thank you for playing the whole video all the way through to the credits, Nathan. Yes. Thank you, Nathan. Yes. Dr. Arunga. So when you ask about, so when you asked about affirm, you know, affirmation, that's the ultimate affirmation. You know, African-Americans live th in this society, never knowing that they were missed. Yes. You know, like, get over it. You live here now, you know, yeah, da, da, you know, this is your home. But actually, uh, there were people who remember and there are stories that still need to be collected around uh, our exit. And it's been a very uh, mm. beautiful, beautiful journey to, to be able to do that research and to write about um, not just the exit, but the return of African-Americans to the continent. Thank you so much for writing that book. Thank you for the, the nine caravans and cultural recon, re, re, reconnections that you've made. Can I help you lead uh, expedition number 10? Hey, why not? Let's do it. It's time to keep it moving. Let's do it. I'm in. Like I said, I will put money to it. I'll put people to it. I will, let's do it. Seriously. 
2022, okay. what you got to do? I'm not leaving anything on the table. If that's a right. Connection to my community. That is a missing, definitely a missing piece. Someone told me when I was younger that I was the um, child of the creator of the universe. Mm. Now, there's something truly powerful about that. And that's been my North Star. But being an African-American yeah. and doing the work of inclusion, a missing piece in my own personal development is reconnecting back to the motherland. I would love, love, love to do that. I kind of teared up a little bit when you said we never anticipated being remembered or yeah. received in such a beautiful way. That is powerful. Absolutely. Absolutely, Tracy. And, you know, I got to tell you, I, I had a chance to be in... Um, Ethiopia, Addis Ababa in 2006, we were taken to the, um, we were taken to the uh, space of the museum there to see Dinkanesh, which is the bones of the, our ancestor Lucy, 3.2 million years old. There's no human remains found older than that. Mm. So you are from the oldest creation of, of, of the world. And, you know, if our, if our children walked around understanding that, right. who they would be, you know, that is the yeah. best kept secret. I mean, if we understood uh, the, the ancientness of our history of who we are, that there were civilizations long before this one, that in fact, we were taken out of Africa to build many civilizations, mm. not, not just the United States. Right, right. And, uh, and look at the United States today, one of the most powerful nations in the world. And, and we still continue to hold that um, moral compass and that sense of um, do, doing right mm. by the world. Yes. Uh, we hold that light in this country. And, and I'm proud to be a Black woman who, who does that. Yes, I, I agree. Now, I want to bring on another uh, guest. Her name is Dr. Wynn. Oh. Dr. Oh. Stephanie Wynn. You're going to love her. And I like that you're talking about being powerful. So go ahead and bring on Dr. Wynn if she says, hey, Dr. Were you able to hear Hello. what was going on? I was. I teared up a little bit. Right? That was outstanding. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. We have some international chapters on the African continent in my sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority oh, yeah. Incorporated. Absolutely. And, oh, thank you. And their, their love and their support and the way that they speak is so very, very beautiful. It's so very... In inviting and uniting. So the the differences between my African sisters and my African American sisters is is one that has to be has to come together, I think. It's so we're such a powerful, powerful people. We're such a beautiful people. And to see that and to hear that, that was beautiful. From from Kenya. Is that what I heard, Kenyan? That's right. Yes, Kenya. But, you know, I, I have to say we could have chosen anywhere uh, in Africa to be, to, to explore our own identity and probably would have come with that kind of wealthy uh, knowledge. 
but it was Kenya because uh, I was married to a Kenyan and I had spent over a decade there building relationships. So that was the ideal place to go. I love that. I so love did you hear that, that we're story planning is a trip? not told very often. So right. I'm so yeah. glad that you're telling it. Right. Thank did you hear you, that we're planning a trip way. now? The, the 10th, the 10th annual. I, the 10th, I heard that. <laughs> the 10th Expo <laughs> Cultural <laughs> Reconnection. Yeah, uh, I hear that the tenth. Yeah, oh, my, my daughters are there right now and have been really? on many delegations, so they're there now, looking at what the next delegation might look like. So I'm really hoping that uh, it will continue. And you know, I want the I want the younger delegate, you know, the younger people who have experienced it to pick up the baton now. Not that I will stop going; I'll always go. Dr. Mims. Uh, has gone with us until she was 88, I think, was her last visit. I, I so love it. Not, you know, we we're, we're, we 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 can do it. Not only can we do it, we will do it. This is my commitment on national television, international television. It mm-hmm. is happening, period, in 2022. I'm, I'm adding it in. Y'all tell me what the right timeline is. It's happening okay. in 2022. Period. End of story. And we have a Leaders of Tomorrow program that's part of the National Black MBA Association. And we will bring youth with us, right? So we will bring some young oh. people, yes, on that journey so that they can be young youth ambassadors to talk about yes. the adventure. So that is part of what we're going to do. Consider it a lot. I don't say anything. Anybody who knows me knows I got some issues, but getting <laughs> stuff done is not one of them. Oh, I love fast. that. That is not one of them. I would move too fast. You'd be like, Tracy, I didn't know we were going to be going in July. Yep. You tell me when. <laughs> and we go, you give me a date and we go to make it happen. That's, that's okay, my let's, let, let me just tell you now that yeah. uh, March is the best time of year to go. It's the, most, the cheapest time of year. Good weather. Um, schools are between session. We may go visit a school. Should know. we do it? Should we plan it for March? Yes, March is a good time. So not, of course, not in uh, in six weeks, but in a year <laughs> from now. Oh, March 2023, of the, March. Oh, yeah. Listen, don't get me excited because I'll be done playing something in six weeks. You don't understand who you're dealing with. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to, like you said, we can do anything. But if you're saying we're going to play something in a year from now. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to the doer, huh? I am talking to the doer. <laughs> You don't understand. I also have a partnership with the Black Education Strategy Roundtable and part of their um, working with Steve Smith, Dr. Jim, you know, like these James J.B. Smith, right? These these individuals that are like geniuses and part of what they want to do is connect with the youth. Part of the education and this this obligation we have is with our youth. So being able to do something, Uh figure something out. Uh, I'm not ruling out the end of March. I'm just saying. I'm going to get that down there. Dr. Wynn, are you in this area as well? I am in Arizona. Arizona. Yes. Awesome. And, and I brought her on to talk about, so you were talking about again this, this initiative that I'm leading, this, this uh, Bigger Than Me success series focused on achieving our best, most successful and powerful year yet. This is a woman that I met, um, I don't know, a couple couple years ago now, maybe a year ago, I don't know what it's been, but I don't, I don't it's just, know. <laughs> you know, sister, sisters who are on a mission and mm. she's leading a conference. She's also leading a group of individuals uh, for a conference. It's called Becoming... Powerful, powerful now, now. Mm-hmm. now. And, and there's an upcoming event that's like this, it's on the 30th, right? Sunday, Sunday. 
It's seven days oh, from now, next seven Sunday. Seven days yes, from the thirtieth. Yes, becomingpowerfulnow.com is the website, and what that is, it's a woman's conference and networking. It is a power-packed day, full long, full day, eight a.m. to four p.m. Arizona. That's Mountain Standard Time, mm-hmm. and we are doing some. We're we're focusing on health, wealth, and relationships so that we have the the opportunity to speak with women we talk with a lot of high achieving women we help them to overcome the overwhelm we're doing some things like we're introducing the real deal men's panel where we have these high achieving men who are going to be on the panel and they're going to be answering questions and talking to the women just as honest and raw as they would talk to their own daughters about relationships, honesty in relationships, building, getting, and keeping the relationships from their perspective. Oftentimes I work with women who are powerful, who are upwardly mobile, and they feel that they are intimidating to men. Well, not these men. These men are the (laughs) men that they're looking for. They always say, well, I can't find the man who, well, honey, they are going to tell you about them. They are going to be at this event. We're also introducing the Wise Wives Council. So we have some women on this council who have been married. We we estimate about 80 years collectively. (laughs) And they are going to be talking about relationships and how to have powerful marriages. I have one woman who went from an an abusive marriage and got out of it and then was able to overcome and get into a better situation. She calls it, I've had bad, better. No, she said, I've had bad and now I'm in better. That's That's how she calls it. And I've seen her husband. He's awesome and he dotes on her. They have a wonderful relationship and they've been married for 20 years. So I'm looking forward to that. We have a doctor who's coming on and he, uh, let me not use the word, he overcame a debilitating incurable disease and he now functions as a chiropractic doctor having had a disease that they told him and have been telling people that there was no cure for. So Mm. I'm going to speak. I am a relationship coach myself. And so we are going to have some awesome, awesome people. We're talking about building your monies. I mean, women, we are so for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So this is for us. This is going to be the thing for us. And this is the first time we've ever done this in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's in Glendale, which is the West Valley of Phoenix. We're going to have ladies of the Arizona West Valley alumni chapter of Delta Sigma Theta going to be there. We're going to have people coming from Georgia, from California, from Tennessee. We're going to have the Black Globe International Queens. There is a pageant that focuses on Black women from across the globe. And these women are going, now, these are the grown and sexy women. You have to be at least 18 and better. So we have a Miss, Ms. and Mrs. division, and they're going to be there as well hosting the event. So we're looking forward to it. So when you talked about welcoming us back, 
-hmm. that was that was right toward my heart that was beautiful and wonderful and i love for us to feel welcome i love for us to experience that unity that connection from africa to phoenix arizona so there's the website becoming powerful now look forward to absolutely look forward to hearing from and seeing women in there and really helping to get this year going great you know tracy have us in have us in on the african continent in a couple of weeks so <laughs> give me, give us, don't give us a year tracy give us a year you think you think so so listen dr arunga just yes. we might as well finish this conversation is it unreasonable to plan a trip to africa in six weeks in six weeks um by the end of march it's it's definitely possible i even know of a few people who want to go but I wanted to Even be done. I wanted to be done. You know, first of all, let me say this. Uh, if there was a group going that you plan, I want to make sure that the women that they're meeting on the other side, because you mm. see, we're doing relationship building. Yes. This is not going, we go on a safari. We have a good time, but we are building relationships with uh, women there who are doing exactly what you're doing now. So I want to make sure that's done in a thoughtful and yes. methodical way. Yes. All right. And so I would, I would say, I feel more, more comfortable saying March of 2023 and to um, my Delta would be sister. I never, I never actually pledged any uh, sorority. If I did, it would have been Delta. Because my sister, my sister is a Delta. My my cousin who recently passed away, I want to call her name, Lynette Jackson Tate, who mm. was a, a Delta. And I want to say, you know, the service that is just, uh, you know, that just encompasses everything you do. If you had a group, for example, that went to um, Kenya, and I would make sure that you are meeting your professional counterparts and yes. that way when you come back you know you you're really changed not just as a human being but even in your in your field and in your communities um and in your families this is where we learn to take you know funerals seriously to take um mm -hmm. childbirth seriously um you know careers any rite of passage Right. We learn to really take that. And and if anyone can uh, emblemize that, that is the Delta Sigma Theta. So right. I just, I'm honored to be on the screen with the, I think you're both Deltas, aren't you? I, I, I am not. But to your point, if yeah. I were to pledge, it would be, it would be Delta. Someone actually just we said something about. Deltas. Yeah, so, so, someone just actually said, uh, Wendy R. Moore said, oh, I know the past president in Seattle. You should pledge now. And I'm like. I'm kind of old to be pledging. She's like, oh, no, no. <laughs> so I'm just no. saying, it's never too late, Dr. Arunga. I'm putting it out there. Into yeah, the even, my cousin, right. even my cousin pledged in her adult life after she yeah. right. That's the that's We are from the alum, alumni chapters. So uh -huh. as alumni chapter members, after you graduate, that's when you you allow them the alumni chapters, yes. Awesome. Yes. So putting that yes. out there. And, and, and the other thing I was going to say is the National Black NBA Association has sent two, um, I won't call them caravans, but two groups over to Africa as well. I think they went to Ghana. Um, yes. and, and, there, and we actually have someone who's part of my board who actually currently is still living there. He's, he's trying to, on the next 
you know, few months, I think he's going to be coming back, but he's been there for about five or six years. And so we do have connections there for through the National Black NBA Association as well. I think they had, you know, all kinds of things at the embassy and they were, you know, all in. So I agree. So March of 2023, um, it's on. It's on. And I'm, I'm excited. If anyone's interested in joining us or funding us, Tracy at it's all bigger than me.com. It's on. You heard Beautiful. it here. First. I love it. You know, and we Ghana, will be bringing you use. Yeah. Ghana is the, the place where many people have gone. And Ghana has made a big uh, effort to invite African Americans to return to Ghana. And actually, they are in the process. They haven't succeeded yet, but they're in the process of giving dual citizenship. Yes. They are doing that now. African Americans. So uh, that is a very special place. They call it the Joseph Project, named after Joseph in the Bible, who mm. whose brothers had sent him away, and he came mm. back as a royal king. And mm-hmm. so that is the concept behind the the uh, Joseph Project. But you know, Kenya is. Um, we th- say that Kenya doesn't have that kind of history, but actually, there is a history of the transatlantic slave trade all the way as far on the other side of the ocean. That's the Indian Ocean, by the way, that we're talking about. And there are ships that are have known to have gone on that side as well. There is a place called um, uh, Shemuni. It's sung about, one of the cowboy singers sings about it. But Shemuni is a place in, it's an island just off of Kenya, where ships used to come and collect people. It was easier to collect them in the island mm. than to collect them on the mainland. So, um, but, you know, this is a celebration. We have cultural amnesia in both Africa and in America about our past. It's not one, it's one that we have to remember, um, mm. you know, to piece back together. But I love possible. I love that. I love that you pointed out that there were so many other countries built by the African slaves. So people only think it's an American thing. It is not. the The UK brought all of the British um, colonies. They they stopped their slavery years before. I should say they outlawed their slavery years before we did here in America. The, there are many countries, uh, uh, the French colonies, the um, Portuguese, the it was so many that actually built their countries because of the work of the African slaves. So yeah. I just want to put that out there just in case someone didn't know that. I love information is power. I love that. Can you guys believe that this has been an hour of just beautiful conversations? We have five minutes before Nathan's going to tell us that the next show is starting. So in our last five minutes, ladies, let's just recap a little bit or share any final words that we want with individuals around empowerment. Again, this show is about again, living your best life. We say 2022 is the year is your best life. So living your best most successful and powerful year yet. So you guys, can you help me end with any final words of wisdom, sharings with our listening audience, those who are going to watch this later, what would you share with them about what they can do to live their most powerful, successful year yet? What actions can they take 
on a daily basis. Because as a sex coach, what I do know is it's not in the saying what you're going to do. It's in the doing what you're going to do, right? It's in the taking action. And so I've committed to bringing myself live on Facebook three times a week, starting next week to work out, to do like a live workout, period. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I, I I hadn't put a date on it. I hadn't put a time on it. And it didn't happen over the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, I'm putting a date and a time on it now. I'll be on at, I think, uh, 6 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, just live on Facebook, working out. I'll be reading some books and, you know, providing some insight. But that's my commitment to living my best life. This year, I'm going to lose, lose, release, get rid of about 50 pounds. And so that's going to be in the doing. So ladies, and again, I'm also going to help people. I'm going to continue to do this show. I'm going to continue to bring on voices like yours. What would you advise people to do for whatever their their, their dream is, their their resolution is, their, their, their goal is for 2022? I'm going to start with you, uh, Dr. Wynn. Give us one minute, two minutes at the most, and then I'll go to Dr. Arunga to close us out. Absolutely. I would recommend, ladies, that we learn to see ourselves, learn to find in us our strengths, our challenges, and to begin to pay attention, pay attention to what we need, pay attention to where we are and where we are going, develop that for ourselves. So often we give and give and give, and then we are depleted and do not understand why. Take the time, hire someone for you, get a coach, get, join Tracy and, and work out, Become, come to the conference. <laughs> Becoming powerful now is what I want you to do for this year, ladies, especially those of us who are high achieving and are always going and moving. It is time to find yourself. As Mary J. Blige News Song says, you are gorgeous. And I am Dr. Wynn. And as a licensed professional counselor and relationship coach, I do um diagnoses on a regular basis. And I diagnose you as a winner. I'm Dr. Wynn at Dr. Wynn Global. I commit to a new YouTube channel that will start tomorrow. All right now, you heard it here. You heard it here. (laughs) You love it. So listen, that's the other thing I am doing, Dr. Wynn. So she knows what we're saying is what can we do for others? And what are we going to do as well? Putting ourselves out there too, because we can be good at certain things. We want to demonstrate that, hey, we're also on a journey. So can you share words of wisdom for others? And what is one thing you're going to do besides leading out, helping us to get coordinated for 2023? You can add that to your list. Dr. Runga, what you got to share? Okay. Well, let me just say, um, thinking about how we can empower, you know, education, there's nothing better than education. That is the next step. Anytime you're in confusion about how to move forward, get in school, you know, go get that education. It doesn't matter how many degrees, how many classes you're taking. And I say that not just because I'm a dean of a college, and we are always looking for students. But I, I say it because I know that the education is power. And not just any education. The education that you are guided to take because of your skills, your talents that you're trying to hone in on. And not somebody else when other people are telling you, no, what you know you are trying to lean into. So I just want to stay with that that concept that we can do, you know, human beings are so powerful. We can do anything we put our mind to. I'm so inspired to be here today with Tracy and, and Dr. Wynn 
I just want to say my goal is to stay powerful with some powerful black women on the regular. All right. Well, you have an open invitation to come here anytime, Lord. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me, but together it's not bigger than us. We got this. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you.